What? <laughs> we are here today in the Hollywood Stiebel. Daf Lamed Gimel Ahmed Aleph 33a. Sakhis Brachas. The learning should be Le'el Nishmas, Gitto Parabas Betzal. The Nishama should have an Aliyah. Today is Yud Shvat, the 5th of February. And we are about, we got a little bit into Lamed Gimel Ahmed Aleph. And we could actually go over that end story before we start next Gemara. So there was a story uh, that the Gemara said about not interrupting your Shemayin Esri for anybody. And the Gemara brought down a story where an officer came over, as Norman pointed out, an officer who was well-versed in Tanakh. I, I don't think it was a contradiction at all. I think that was probably standard that people, in order to excel, excel in the armies, you had to also be... Uh, Maybe intellectually uh, knowledgeable about uh, about different uh, sources and scriptures, perhaps. So this uh, officer waited for this Jew to finish his Shemayin Esrei, and he says to him, uh, "With this Chassid, the Gemara calls him a Chassid, and he says, why didn't you interrupt to greet me? Don't you know that you're and I could kill you easily for not greeting me.'" So the Chassid responded to him, uh, "What would you do if you were in the middle uh, if, if you were in the middle of talking to a king of flesh and blood, and a friend of you came over to interrupt? Would you interrupt or not to return him?" So the Gemara on top, top line of Lamed Gimel Lamed Alf thirty three a The officer answered the Chassid, "Of course, I wouldn't interrupt." And if you were to interrupt and return greetings to your friend, what would be your punishment? They would uh, dispose of my head, chop it off. So then I have, then I'm for sure correct. The Chassid answered, You who were standing in front of a king of Basavadam, who was gone tomorrow. I was standing in front of a king who will not die tomorrow, and if he wants to punish me, he will be here forever. There's no getting rid of him, and there's no fighting him, and you want me to interrupt that is speaking with that king to speak with you? That officer was appeased when he allowed the chassid to return to his house in peace. So, it's a remarkable story, but why does the Gemara bring down this story? So, is it to show us the halacha? But it seems to me like it's more than that. It's to show us that even a Gaisha officer in the army who wants to kill people, a bloodthirsty officer who is ready to kill a Jew in a moment's notice, understands about not interrupting when speaking with Hashem. I think that's the reason why the Gemara brings down the story. That uh, even even a bloodthirsty officer understands the importance of not interrupting to greet somebody in the middle of davening. So certainly we could understand. Alakas Kamo, we could understand that. Says the Gemara. Even if there's a snake, this is a quote from the Mishnah that we had a few blocks earlier. On Daf Lamid Amid Base 30b, even if there's a snake on your ankles, do not interrupt your Shemayna Esrei. 
Um, but it would help, assuming you could do something to get rid of the snake. You know, there are people who are just snakes do not intimidate them, even uh, very, uh, very poisonous snakes. But uh, in times when people travel the roads, which are filled with snakes, especially the Middle Eastern snakes, they're very poisonous. They were really afraid of them. Says the Gemara Lama Gimel Amen Alf, about 10 lines down, Amr of Sheshis, Loishanra Lanachash. A nachash, a snake, is we were told not to interrupt. Aval akrav poisik for a scorpion, some other type of uh, poisonous, uh, creepy crawler that you shall interrupt. So it seems like there's a difference. What it is that's the danger. So Rashi says aval akrav poisik. The top Rashi on the right hand side. The night of the fisha akrav masukin lakets yosem yishenachash muchen lishech. Quicker than a snake is poised to bite you, a scorpion is poised to sting you. I don't know if uh, we, we know which, is that a particular type of scorpion or the ones that they had more commonly back then. Mesve. The Gemara says, is that so? We'll ask a contradiction to that. is a person who fell into a lion's den and nobody saw that fellow again. And now his wife wants to know, can she remarry? Is she considered an Aguna? We don't know the whereabouts of her husband. Maybe it was all a smoke screen for him to make a disappearing uh, act. Or uh, can we assume that a person doesn't emerge whole from a lion's den? You cannot testify in that person that you saw them die. You have to testify that you saw them fall into a lion's den. Rashi says, because if the lions were not hungry... At that time, that time, Rashi says that times when the lion will not eat you. Good news for all those who fall into the lion's den. But it also explained to us we're already accustomed to seeing pictures, images, maybe you've done it yourself, of people who've gone on safaris in Africa and walked next to the lions and uh, remain, uh, and we still, they still live to tell the tale. And uh, the reason is because the lion will not uh, eat you if. Uh, you know, if it's not hungry enough. But if you fell into a pit of either snakes or scorpions, that's enough evidence that the person died. So we see that snakes and scorpions in that brisa are considered the same level of danger as it, and will for sure kill you. So why now over here is this Gemara being medayik? Is this Gemara making... Uh, point of distinguishing between snakes and scorpions and saying the Mishnah is only referring to not interrupting your Shemayna Esri for snakes, but for scorpions you would, when, uh, when in fact the Brysa says the opposite. Shiny Hasam, answers the Gemara, yeah, Dagav Samazki, you fell into the pit full of them, you landed on top of them, of course they're going to want to bite you, even if it's a snake. You're attacking them, you're stepping on them, but if you're just doing your thing, you're innocently Dagav Shmoyne Esrei, you do not have to worry as much uh, from, uh, about snakes, the danger of snakes, from the danger of scorpions. Now, that already opens up a few different options for us to understand what our Gemara concluded about snakes. If you look in Taisvis, Aval Akrav Paisik, Taisvis says, Vyushalmi on the left side, Vyushalmi Karma Dem Hayanachash Matiya Lavoy Konegdoi, 
If you see a snake, you hear its rattlers, or you see it starting to approach you in anger, so then, of course, the status of the snake is like scorpions. Um, okay, just to point that out. So there are times, and even if a snake is, co- is coming at you, we treat it like a scorpion, and you can head for the hills. And then um, you're supposed to be able to make a distinction when you're damaged from an asteroid? Oh. You know, right. Okay, there you go. <laughs> is this an angry snake or is this a friendly Point, snake? Yeah. He's wrapping his leg around my he's wrapping himself around my leg. I think the only time I really saw a snake here in Hollywood. In Hollywood. Once I've seen a snake in somebody's backyard, a neighbor's backyard, a black gardener snake, nothing harmless. And one time I had my cousin from Eric saw only Israeli kids could pull this off. My cousins from Eretz Yisrael were here for Shabbos a few years ago, and uh, all the kids come home very excitedly. They need a garbage bag and a big stick. So what is going on? They said, we found the snake on North Hills Drive, a big snake, and it was a colorful snake, but it was already, it had been hit by a car or something. It was already on its way out, but they got that snake, put it in a garbage bag, for them, this was the adventure. Only when Israelis come here do I find snakes. <laughs> Otherwise, if you have to daven in the over, if the overflow crowd of the shtibol ends up in the street, if they have nowhere to go, so then uh, you don't worry so much in Hollywood. <laughs> to that point, it sounds like you have to be aware oh, of what's going on uh, around you. It, it, it is a good, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it could be if if it's making a rattling sound. I think a rattling sound, you'll be able to hear it. Yeah, the sound just means a rattlesnake is moving. It's not. I don't know what uh-huh. it means. It's angry. I mean, matiach. I don't know. I don't know what a rattlesnake means. Matiach. Matiach. Mm-hmm. Ras. Like it's rassing at you. It's hissing or something. Can you hear a snake hissing from a distance? Yeah, you could. Amir Ab Yitzchak. Second wide line down on Lamed Gimel Lamed Alf. Amir Ab Yitzchak. Rash Varim. If you see uh, angry uh, uh, oxen, bulls, paisik, uh, get out of the way. Stop your shman esrei and move. The tanya by from an ox which has never gored before or uh, three times fifty amas. And shamuid and get out of its eyesight. Don't don't stand around it. Tanya shvedra meir reish tura b'dekula salak laagra v'shadi darga mesuzach. If uh, even if uh, it, uh, it has its head in a basket of food, run up the ladder and take away the ladder and hide out on the roof. So Rashi says it's an exaggeration, but basically don't play around with these uh, goring oxen. And I'm a shmuel. Hanimili b'shar shachar. So cautious that they are. I mean, in this time of fear, it says and. Remove the ladder from under you. you know? Right, take away the ladder. Right, right. that it's going to climb up. Or not the ladder. Yeah. You never see, no, but yeah, you do know. It could be ladder. Ladder. La- Rashi says it's an exaggeration, but that's what he's trying to say to you. Don't play games. I understand you're. Don't. Is Dafka coming to make that, that point? Yeah. Don't say what Barry just said that you have to start downing the making cheshbonis which do I have to interrupt my shmoneser or not if you have to think about it get out of the way right. uh, but it's kind of addressing that nakuda like it's exaggerating uh, you know well, Judah made a good point also for the specific you can't the letter. yeah just pull the letter up the, I mean so it doesn't knock it away from you you'd be able to get down oh, oh very oh, that's what you say oh, yeah, very, just yeah. a simple you know practicality hmm. I mean, that's a chiddush a little bit in halacha because 
that's already an interruption, not to save yourself, but because you don't want to, you don't want to be stuck there. Um, okay. Uh, says the Gemara, no, that don't worry about that. I'm a Shmuel, Hanimili, Bishar. Don't worry about so much about these uh, animals. Bishar Shachar in a black uh, ox, Ubiyoimi Nisan, and specifically in the days of Nisan, Nesha Sotan Merakadloi Begin Karnov, for the devil is dancing on its horns. Now, that sounds a little, uh, right? That sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Rashi gives actually there's a rhyme and reason for it. Rashi says the last uh, wide line of Rashi Biyaminisim Teksha of you may hastiv Sha'arati of Ashova Akshavraya Isa Malaya Desharam Zarcha Daidla Bnikhzbayatahara because in Nisan all of a sudden the flowers are back and it sees suddenly produce on the ground. So its head is like it's 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 messed up when it suddenly sees such a big change in the in the landscaping it has an effect on the animal and it makes the animal act all frenzied. It's amazing that uh, Gemara goes so deep into uh, animals that yeah. they know how they think and what they do and when yeah. and where and how. You know, yeah, yeah. You think they just know Torah. No. Yep. Tan Rabban. Maisa Another story. Shaya Arud. What's an Arud? So... An arud is a product of a snake and a tzav. Is that like a, a buck? I, I don't know what the... Food. Food. A toad? I thought a toad comes from like a toad. Yeah, that's what you also thought. I uh, hear. Yeah. Uh, some sort of... Uh, a combination. Yeah. A, a poisonous toad? I don't know. Uh, no, but what's the animal called? What's, what, what's the buck? Like, all right. Bahaya a toad. That's an animal. It's a poison. No, I know. A poisonous toad is a poisonous thing. Here, I had one, a blue toad or something like that in my backyard. Here, I had one of these. They're big. They make noise, and they look at you, and they on my pool fence. So we had one on the pool fence, and and you're afraid. It's it's yeah. Bahaya mazik is a bries, and it's capable of harming people. They told Rabbi Hanina ben Daisa that there's a poisonous toad. Watch out. Show me the hole where the, this is. That's why I'm... Okay. They showed him the hole where the toad was, the hole in the ground. He put his foot over that hole. That uh, toad bit him and died. He took it on his shoulder. The heavy medrash. Amalahem Rubani, look my sons, ain't Arud Mamis. It's not the poisonous toad which kills you. But rather it is sins which kill a person. And the toad is just the messenger which carries it out. But Shah Amru at that moment they said, Woe is to the person who meets up with a poisonous toad, as everybody has a virus which they're liable to get punished for. And woe is to the toad that meets up with Reb Chanina Bendosa, who, <laughs> who can kill them. <coughs> so, a little bit, you have to understand why... Um, what, what, okay, uh, it's... Rashi explains he wasn't relying on a nace over here. That he had, there's a there's a there's a way to kill toads. There's a way to kill toads. That Chanin Bedos wasn't uh, relying on a miracle. He had a practiced way of doing it. 
But if, it's, a, it's an interesting story. Says the Mishnah. We daven for rain in the bracha or Gashem in the second bracha of the Shema. With Gemara will explain why it's mentioned there. Usha'ela the same talumata lavracha. We we ask Hashem to give us. Uh, bracha and dew and rain as a request in the bracha of Baruch Aleinu of the bracha of Parnasa and Havdalah in Chaynein Hadas which is the fourth bracha of the Shemayna rather Havdalah Matzah Shabbos Matzah Yamtiv has to be its own separate fourth blessing you insert it in the end of Shemayna Etzrei in the Berchus of Maidim in the Bracha of Maidim of Haidah the Gemara is going to go into the reasons for all these things says the Gemara why do you put the Bracha of into the Bracha of Tchiyas HaMesim which talks about the Right, we make Baruch Hashem Mechaye Hamesim, the resurrects the dead. My time, I'm Rabbi Yisim. He takes a shkula betchias Hamesim, betchias Hamesim. Lafichah kavu betchias Hamesim. It's equivalent. Rain is equivalent to uh, the, the miracle of betchias Hamesim of when Mashiach comes, the dead will come alive again. So that's, these are two great miracles that God performs for us. Why do we ask for rain in the bracha of Parnasa? Since ultimately, the, without rain, the, the whole agricultural world, which they were much more dependent on in those days, <laughs> they're still pretty dependent on having uh, uh, you know, food. And uh, here in South Florida, the insurance adjusters would say, Rain is Parnasa. Without rain, there's no leaky roofs, there's no hurricanes. So uh, it has a little bit of a different meaning, but uh, we know firsthand here in Florida that uh, rain is Parnasa for a lot of people, right? And so therefore, it's established in the Bracha of Parnasa. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I heard it about. It, it happened in Taravadas. I'd like to, I don't remember if it was Rav Palmer or Yaakov Kamenetsky. Who are, uh, I once davened for a pshat, an understanding of pshat in a Chumash Rashi or in a Gemara. And he said, for all the years he's been davening to understand pshat in Atachonin Adam Das, in the Bracha on Das. And, but since he was teaching it as a Rebbe, he one time he davened for it in Baruch Aleinu. And he got, that year he understood pshat. Because for him, understanding pshat and how to teach it, it was his parnasa. So it belonged in the, he was davening in the wrong Bracha. Is, uh, I heard the story many, many decades ago, even though I'm pretty young, but uh, it's still stuck with me, right? Why is Havdalah in the bracha of that Hashem, that we make over the brains that Hashem gives us? My time on Rabbi Yisif, since the Havdalah is a, a Chachma, it's a form of wisdom to be able to differentiate between Kaidish and Chol, uh, holiness and, and uh, mundane. Therefore, it's instituted inside the Bracha of Chachma. 
is the first bracha that you come to in Shemayin Esrei, which is a weekday blessing, a weekday bracha. And since Havdalah is the bracha that you make in the beginning of the week, so therefore it makes sense that you put it in Birchus Chayil in the first opportunity that, uh, to, uh, that you'd say a weekday blessing. Amr Obviously, we see how great wisdom is that before we daven for anything, first we daven for wisdom. And uh, you know, there's an expression, right? A fool and his money are soon, a fool and his money are soon departed, something like that, right? Because first you need das, and then you could make baruch aleinu, then you could make the money. But Amr Abami, we find the Torah puts the huge bracha of daya, of knowledge, of being able to come, of comprehension between two names of Hashem. Shanamar, as the Pasik says in Shmuel, Kikel Deya is Hashem. So Kel is one name of Hashem, and Hashem is, uh, and Deya is in between those two. So we see how great it is. Now the Gemara gets scary. Anybody who does not have brains, who does not have das, who acts foolishly, it is forbidden for a person to have pity on that person. Shanamar, Kiloyim Binois Hu. The Pasuk says, Kilai am binois hu. They don't have da, bina, they don't have understanding. And therefore I will not have mercy. So Hashem says, You can't have mercy, and somebody doesn't know what they're doing. Great is the base of Mikdash that was taught between two names of Hashem. Shanamar, Pulas Hashem. Mikdash Hashem, the Pasuk in Shemai says, Pa'alta Hashem, Mikdash Hashem. So we see also that where you have mention of it, Beis Mikdash, of Das, of some type of thing, and the Pasuk, in the Pasuk's mentioning of it, the name of Hashem appears immediately before and immediately after, that's not a regular occurrence, that's not a random Pasuk, it's written to show us the extreme Hashivas of that. So, so far we have Das and Beis HaMikdash, which are two things which we know the Torah is trying to send us some sort of message. What's that message? Anybody who has Deya, who has knowledge, it's as if the temple was rebuilt in their days. As both of them are taught us between Two different names of Hashem. Maskiflor of Acha Karchina. He asked the following question. First, ultra wide line down, Lamid Gimel Amad Aleph. Ela meata Gedolin Akama, Shaninabin Shteyosis. Revenge is taught as well in the same context as Besa Mikdash and Deya. Shnema Kel Nakama is Hashem. Hashem is the God of revenge. And we know that the person shouldn't take revenge. Right? Revenge is not a good thing. Deya is a good thing. Besamikdash is a good thing. Revenge is not a good thing. Amalei. So, uh, Gemara answered, Rebbe answered back to Ravacha in. 
Nakama is a good thing. Certain things, Nakama, revenge, is actually a, uh, a, a great thing. Where revenge has to be taken to punish the wicked, it's a great thing. There's two types of Nakama, good and bad. So in fact, we do find times when Nakama revenge is uh, considered to be something positive, and we all, but we also know that it's uh, 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 something negative. Where it's coming to punish those who didn't accept the Torah, the uh, the the Akum who didn't accept the Torah, the nations of the world. So Hashem's revenge is a great thing because we get we're recognized as the ones who accepted the Torah. But uh, the th- times it could be a punishment. Says the Gemara. Um, says the Gemara as follows. Four lines down, Rabbi Kiva, I'm a, I'm a bracha revius, right? Rabbi Kiva taught us that Havdalah is in a bracha revius, its own bracha, and the Mishnah had one more opinion where to put Havdalah, Matzah Shabbos, which was at the end of Maidim. Amalei Rav Shaman Bar Abalor Rav Yechanan Mechdi. Let's examine this. Anshe Knesses Agadayla Tiknilam the Yisrael Brachas Utfilas Kedoshes Vavdalas. The Great members of the assembly, the rabbis instituted blessings, prayers, Kiddush, and Havdalah. Nechzi hechan tikkun. Now this is really, a, uh, we had a, a discussion similar to this much earlier. And uh, in the context of, uh, in the context of a Valkyrie on that base. And the Gemara, but here is really the main discussion in, in, as to where Chazal placed it. Chavbez Amit Bez, we also mentioned it. Says the Gemara, betchila kavua betfila, betfila. In the beginning, Gdayla, the, the wise men of the great assembly, the Rabbanim instituted it inside Tfila. Hashiru, after they were already established in Gullus, after the Jews were exiled, then they got a little more established. They prospered, so then they were able to drink wine. They had the resources to make Kiddush. They said, okay, from now on, you're going to be making Kiddush and Avdalah uh, on, 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 on wine. They, uh, they lost their money. They became more in Gullus, and they suffered more. So Chazal said, okay, you don't have to... You don't have to make it over wine anymore. You could say it in davening. And then we said, subsequent to that, that everybody has to make it on both tefillah and on a, a kais of wine, on a glass of wine later. We also learned this from Rebchia. Learned the name of his Rebbe Rebbe so to answer the Gemara's question, it seems like we were told that uh, you need both, right? You need both. Once uh, you need both. And Rab also taught it to us like that. 
Amarava Uma Usvina Nashmaisen. Rava said, I'd like to ask a question. What happens if somebody forgot to say the Saint Talumata Lebracha? And they forgot to say, or they forgot to say, Mashroch Mori Dagashem, Machziru Naisai, they have to repeat Shmainas, right? The Havdalah Vachainen Adas, if they omit Matzah Shabbos, Havdalah in Chainen Adas, Ain Machziru Naisaim, they Shiachalayim Ala Kais. You don't have to repeat it because you're going to say it later on the Kais, even though the Anshak Hashakadayo said you need to do both. The Gemara says, not because you're able to, but uh, because you will be saying it on the Kais. So it turns out that even though it was instituted to be done with both, but since Chazal know that uh, it's not a choice, even though it implied, we implied originally that I'm able to make it on a cup of wine and therefore I don't have to say it. The reason why you don't repeat Shmanasri is not because you had a choice. But at the end of the day, since you will be making Havdalah still later on on your wine, therefore we don't make you repeat it in the Shmanasri. It so has to do both, but either one counts as Havdalah. It's interesting. It's very interesting, especially the way the Gemara presents it as a question and answer. As uh, when really, it, you want to tell me b'diavad? Just answer. Tell me b'diavad. On a kais is enough. But the Gemara is not saying that. The Gemara is saying uh, the pshat is that when you finish your shemana esrei, you still have a chiv to go back and say avdala the same chiv that you had before because you skipped it in tefillah. Right. But once you say it on the kais, so then you can't do it anymore on your tefillah. Right. Which the Gemara is going to keep going. Why did you intentionally skip it? To shorten your Shemayin Esrei. Yeah. We said that's a problem about the Zavinenu. You can't do the two of The reason well, why I'm trying to say Zavinenu is because you have to say Zavinenu. Yeah, yeah, but the Mishnah is not making such a big differentiation here between Havdalah right. and no. the same Talamot, the Lavrach, right. and anything else. The question is, you're also even more, because since Chazal were Kaveyat, the Anshikhan the Gemara is exactly telling us that point, that they did institute it into your Shemayin Esrei. So you're, you're, it would seem like if you did it B'mezid, I, 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 I don't know the answer, but I, I definitely hear the question. It's not, I wouldn't say that, oh, that's a big deal, you're going to say in Avdallah, because ultimately this Gemara is treating it like it's an integral part of Shemayin Esrei, even though you're going to say it in Avdallah. Itmanami. So we're not sure exactly who it was who asked Rabbi Yechanan as follows. If you did have Dala, I heard that, that if you do have Dala in Davening, do you need to repeat it again on the back or not? But I'm a late, Sarah Shiavdal Kaisen, Rabbi Yechelen, answer me, you do. It says, Gemara, Mavdal Kaisen, Mavdal Shiavdal Betfila. If you make Havdalah on a Kais first, can you then go and Davin Shemayin Esrei with Havdalah? Which I don't know how the scenario came about, but it did. That you first made Havdalah on the Becher, on the wine, and then you want to know, can I still Davin Shemayin Esrei? Can I or should I? Mavdal Shiavdal Betfila. 
They translated here as must, but I, I agree with you. I, I don't see it in the Well, the Gemara, Gemara is going to elaborate. What? Yeah. Does he, does he, well, should he or does he need to? <laughs> Let's see, because it's going to come a little clear where the Gemara is going with this. Why wouldn't you make a Kavachaymah? Originally, the main Havdalah was instituted in Tefillah. And we said, you still don't satisfy your obligation with making Havdalah. Just with that, you need to make it on the Kais. Hamavdil al Hakais. <coughs> so certainly, even if you already made Abdallah on the Kais, you would need to make Abdallah again in your Shemayna Esrei, which is the Iker. It's better to make it in Davening, and if you do both, he shall receive many blessings on his head. Says the Gemara, Gufa Kasha. I'm a Mabdu, but Philip Shubach, Yates, Mishabdo, Kais, Amat, Phil, Huda, Sagi, the Hadatani, and Mabdu, Bazubzi, Nukla, Brachas, Arisha, Rasha, we keep the Arisha. You're not making any sense over here. If they're both an obligation, or is only one an obligation? It, it seems like you're telling me that only one is an obligation, and that's why it's even considered worthy of a blessing if you do both. But uh, we also said that, uh, yeah, if you do both, it's considered a bracha. It can't be that I'm allowed to make a bracha a second time without being obligated to do so and be called a blessed person from that because that really falls into the category of bracha of making an unnecessary blessing. So there is no such thing as I'm not obligated but I get a blessing to do a bracha, which I'm not required to do. In fact, at that point, it becomes a, it becomes a lav, as we'll see. Somebody who does an additional blessing, which is unnecessary, it's saying Hashem's name in vain. This is how we have to understand things. If uh, it seems like we still allow, consider you to be receiving of blessing if you did one and not the other. Uh, it's not much of a closure, not much of an answer, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, That's every mitzvah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's the halacha if you made a mistake in one of these things? All these things, you have to go back to the beginning of Shemayna Asher. Says the Gemara, top of Lamed Gimel, Amit Beis, 33b. And what is, in fact, the halacha of somebody who made Abdallah in their tefillah, they did not forget Abdallah, do they still need, must they... Uh, make Abdullah on the wine later. I'm like Kiddush. It's the same as Kiddush. Makadish Avagav the Makadish Bitslusim, Makadish Akasa, Abdul Nami, Avagav the Makadish Bitslusim, Abdul Akasa. Same as Kiddush. Just like Friday night, 
you say Kiddush and Shabbos day in your davening, you do Kiddush Hashayim in your davening, you sanctify the day, you're still required to come home and do it a la kais, so too with Havdalah. Rabbi Eliezer, I remember Bahidah. Rabbi Eliezer told us the place to insert Havdalah was actually in Moedim, in the end of Shwein Asher. Zerah v'rachav chamra, chamra v'kashak v'azor v'chiv v'rachav v'basrei. Zerah was riding, with, together with, uh, uh, and Rabbi was behind him. Certainly, you agree that the halacha is like Rabbi Eliezer when it turns out, let's say if Pesach Seder starts Matzei Shabbos, right? If, uh, so then you need to say, you need to say Avdallah in your Yom Tev Davening, you still make Avdallah. If it would be the other way around, you wouldn't. If you go from Yom Tif to Shabbos, you're being Moisif al-Kaidish. There's no Havdalah. But if you're going from Shabbos to Yom Tif, you certainly agree with Rebbe Leazar that you insert at the end of Moedim. Hamalei, ain't a lot... In halacha, halacha you're telling me as if there's an argument over here when in fact there's no argument over here. So says the Gemara, "Baha pligi Rabbanan." Says the Gemara, "No, the argument from the Rabbanan that you're referring to from our Mishnah, Ema the pligi Rabbanan b'shayim Moisashana, is referring to a regular Matzah Shabbos, a regular Saturday night. B'yamtiv shechali yisachar Shabbos mi pligi." But do we find this dispute when it comes to Matzei Shabbos, which is a Yamtif, which is a Chag? Says Gemara, Ah, we do find that uh, Rabbi Kiva argued. Rabbi Kiva said that it becomes its own bracha, and that's why I wanted you to clarify with me earlier that the halach is like Rabbi Eliezer to exclude Rabbi Akiva. Says Gemara, Atu kalashana kula miyavdinu Rabbi Akiva da hashtu nekum nabud kavasei. That's not, that can't be also because the whole year I'm not concerned with what Rabbi Akiva holds. We don't pass him like Rabbi Akiva in the face of Rabbi Ezra and the Rabbanan. So all of a sudden now you're concerned that on Yom Tif, am I going to make a separate bracha of Havdalah in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Akiva? I don't do that on a regular Matzah Shabbos. Why would I suddenly think it's different now? Says the Gemara, Kalashana Kula, my time will have Rabbi Akiva. The Tmani Sari Tikun Sari Loi Tikun. Hachanami Shav Tikun Tmani Loi Tikun. During the week, I, we instituted 18 blessings, not 19. Therefore, we don't have a have a minute. We don't even have a thought to go like Rabbi Akiva, who says, add in another bracha. So, too. On Shabbos, on Yom Tif, we have seven blessings in the Shema Nasrei. Eight, we never instituted eight. We're not going to do like Rabbi Akiva. Amalei lava locha itmar, elamatin itmar. This, um, it's interesting. This is a Gemara. We never meant, uh, I never meant to say halacha. I meant to say netia. What does that mean? That I have a leaning towards, right? I think that would be the right way to understand it. That I meant to say, do we lean towards that way? Others say matin. So the Gemara says sometimes we refer to when when the Gemara said what's the halacha. 
that we, we talked before is the halacha like uh, like the rabbanon is the halacha like Rabbi Yehazar. We didn't mean uh, halacha. We meant uh, like halacha psuka that it's a, that it's a, a definite psak. We meant leaning towards. Uh, does it appear to you as if that's the right thing to do? Um, Rashi tries to explain what the Gemara is getting at over here. Rashi's halacha on the right hand side. Rashi says, "Mandiyamer halacha, mad dashinin la bepirkin, mandiyamer matin midrash lo dashinin berabim, avo rui merinin liyachid laasays." So when you say halacha, that's what they taught in the yeshiva. That's what they taught in public. When it says matin, that they lean towards that opinion. It's what a private individual received as his private psak to do to follow Rebbe Liazer. And Nirin is what's Nirin when the Gemara says that the halacha appears to be We won't stop you from doing that, but it's not that it was ever decided in public that this is the halacha. So the Gemara over here points out this different. When, when they establish something in the base Medrash, there's different levels of establishing that as the halacha. It's probably hardest. I, th- I think we're living in a, in a time when this system works the least. People want to know, <coughs> can I do something? Can I eat in this restaurant? They don't want to know it seems so. I'm not going to stop you. There is a good hechsha on it. Well, no, are you telling me a halacha? I want a halacha. I don't want matan. I don't want nirin. I want a halacha. But the answer is, in reality, that that didn't always exist. It wasn't always so easy to give uh, exact halacha. What does pasnish mean, really? (laughs) Pasnish means it's not appropriate. It's It's not appropriate. It's it's nirin, well, I'm saying our generation can't relate to these things. People can't anymore relate to it. They should be able to. They want to know a black and white. And the reason why we want to know black and white is either we don't want to think, right, we don't want to, we want to outsource the Judaism. You tell me what to do and I'll either follow you or I'll find somebody else to follow. But either way, I'm not going to do it. Right wrong. Right, right. The other thing is that people... If you tell me that it's gray, then I have a hard time. Then I have to struggle. Why should I withhold from doing this? If you tell me it's also that I could understand. If you tell me that it's not, it's a pasnish in nearin, it doesn't appear to be appropriate. So then, those type of concepts, you're already asking me to grow. I'm not looking to grow. I want. I'm looking to eat shawarma. Tell me, can I eat this shawarma? Now, I'm not looking to to grow from my experience of where I'm eating supper. And that's how Yitzhar wants a person to think. Okay. Says the Gemara, the Dayak Vigama Shmaitz me Puma Demara Shapik Rachva the Pumpadisa. The Rachva Pumpadisa was very careful when he repeated over from his Rabbeim exactly the format. The Amar Rachva, Amar Behuda. Harbayas Stia Kafal Hayava Yastia Stav Lifnim Mistav. There were pillars or um, uh, columns on the Harabayas in the exact shape. Where uh, is uh, Rabbi Yehuda was teaching us what the how it looked? So now the Gemara said, "You want to know what the halacha is? 
this, I don't know. I don't know what you heard. I don't know what you heard from, like, if you heard correctly from your Abayim or not, Nirin, Halacha, uh, all these things. But in Babel, they, we were taught a gem of a bracha. What's the gem of a bracha? In Bava we were taught a special bracha which solves all the problems for Matzah Shabbos which falls out to be a yamtif that Hashem has given us uh, laws and taught us the proper ways of the and given us times of rejoicing and uh, chagim and kedusha of Shabbos and special honor for the holidays and the regal and the understanding between the difference of the kedusha, the holiness of Shabbos and the holiness of yamtif has been separated. It says here that this was specifically instituted for uh, Babel because this is really a Yantav Shani uh, Shalgalios kind of a tefillah. That uh, because of Yantav Shani Shalgalios, this comes up every year uh, that we have to say this bracha at least one time. But, or most years, you have to say it at least one uh, time. It's a murder. But, uh, but the rest of, uh, in Eretz Yisrael, where this it's not only happens common. very, very rarely, we, we, they wouldn't be misaki in a new, a new uh, tefillah for something that comes up once every few years. That's amazing. That's amazing. Where did, who's he quote from? Because Rashi doesn't say that, but I hear, I hear where I hear what we're saying. Okay, says the Mishnah. Yeah. Where where is he quote from? Somewhere. Somebody who says on the bird's nest. Marsha. Okay. On uh, Hashem has Rachmanis. What a beautiful tefillah you would think, right? Somebody who adds into their prayer blessings and praises for the Lord on His mercy on the bird's nest that we instructs us to chase away the mother's bird when you take the eggs is the mitzvah of Shluch HaKan. And somebody who says, Maidim, Maidim, they uh, are overly indulgent in their expression of gratitude and it manifests itself in the repetition of the word, say. In fact, those two items, if they do that, you quiet, you silence them. Bishlama says the Gemara, Maidim, Maidim, Shaskanusim, Shim, the Mexican Shteru Shaya, El Taiv, Yisko, Shim, Khanami, Mash, El Taiv, Avalayala, Rotnan, Chaivan, Labar, Halarak, Shim, Shimar, Halataiva. We understand the faultiness in saying, Maidim, Maidim, it looks like you're separating the thanks on the good, the thanks on the bad, which your person is not supposed to do because we know we're obligated to thank Hashem, to, to bless Hashem both for the good and for the bad. Ella says the Gemara, first ultra-wide line down, Lamed Gimel, Lamed Vez, end of the line, Ella al-Kant, Sipur, Yagir, Why shouldn't you praise Hashem for the mercy that we are instructed to show on the mother of the babies in the nest? My time of pligi batrei amaroi my rabba. This machlekes Rabbi Yosi bar Rabbi and Rabbi Yosi bar Zavida. Chadam shematol kina b'mase b'reishus. The reason not to single out the mother bird is because you don't want to create a, a, 
that people should say that Hashem only, yeah, the Torah only has Rachmanus on mother birds, but not on other animals. We're trying to give reasoning for the Torah with, of mercy to show that this is a reason why Hashem's uh, ways are just because of the mercy that the Torah says we should show the mother bird. But in reality, it's a and you do the mitzvah because the Torah says to do it and not for any other reason. And maybe it seems to us like there's a good explanation of Shluch HaKan, but in reality, the reason why you have to do it is because uh, it, it, to show that we fulfill Hashem's laws even when they don't make sense, even when they don't look like it's the... It, 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 so don't start saying, I only do Shluch HaKan because that's a merciful thing to do and the Torah instructs you to do merciful things. In fact, you're instructed to do things what the Torah says regardless of whether it appears merciful or not. <coughs> Somebody in front of Rabbi, you know, I, I don't know if the guy did it on purpose or he just happened to daven out loud in front of Rabbi, but he mentioned this Kansipar in front of uh, Rabbi. He said, Hashem, who has mercy on the birds, should have mercy on us. I'm Rabbi, come a yada, I'd serve him. He added to the tefillah. Well, the, uh, you have the chasa al kansipar at the chus v'rachim aleinu. What do you? Uh, what does your gemara say? Change it? No, no, you skip somewhere. Okay, no problem. Rabbi said, "That's a beautiful. That's a that's a beautiful tefillah." <laughs> the Mishnah said, don't uh, silence the guy. Don't daven like that. <laughs> Rabbi did it to test Abaye's uh, knowledge. He wanted to see how Abaye would react. Uh, who says that? No, I'm just saying. That's what we do, right? Oh, I'm just testing your knowledge, right? Right, but uh, right, there's 20 brachas in Shemayna Ashray, right? Uh, oh, there's a, oh, just a test, right? But the uh, Gemara says that he really, the whole looks, so I don't know if the person who said it. Not the only time it's happened. No, not at all. It almost sounds like Kinderspiel, but. Uh, this is the first time. That's all I remember. Says, but I, yeah, says the Gemara. Uh, who. Uh, somebody who's davening in front of Chanina. And he added on all these praises about uh, describing the great attributes of God. Um, so obviously, Himtin Adam The fact that he waited till he finished. I think it means that it wasn't so bad, obviously, whatever he was doing, because he didn't get into... The, the Mishnah was talking about a level of Meshaskin, I say. The Mishnah said if somebody starts talking about the birds, the middle of Shemayin silence them. But here, Reb Hanina didn't uh, silence, he waited until the guy finished. Did you finish all the praises of God? Why do you need to say so many? 
We only say three, the first three praises of Hashem, uh, because Moshe Rabbeinu said, "Hakel Hagadol Hagibar Vahanaira." Right, uh, Hashem is a great, is awesome, uh, and uh, strong. Even that we only say because the Anshe Knesset instituted it. Why are you saying so many more praises? You have a very wealthy king who has hundreds of billions of dollars of gold, and he hears somebody praise him. Ah, the king who has so much silver. You just insulted the king. So if you're going to tell you, you added on so many praises, because you said all of Hashem's praises, the reason why we don't say so many is because we're just making a chazaka. Three, because we know we can't say all of Hashem's praises. And you're going against that. This is a famous Gemara. Everything is in the hands of heaven, except for fear of heaven itself. The Pasuk and Varim says, can ask Hashem for anything except except for to ask Hashem to fear Hashem. Says the Gemara, is it such a small thing? It's a huge thing. I mean, the Pasuk says you can ask Hashem for anything except for one small thing, Yerushalayim. That's a huge thing. Isn't the only thing that Hashem really has in his treasure chest, the major treasure that Hashem keeps hidden is the fear of Hashem himself. So Hashem does have it. In for Moshe Rabbeinu, Yer Shemayim was not such a big accomplishment. If somebody wants to borrow something, and uh, you have many of them, so for you, this is a nothing. This is just a, you know, it's just a cup. It's just a vase. But for somebody who doesn't have it and needs it, that's a big thing. It's like it's like a boost of a car. If for somebody whose battery is dead, he needs that spark of electricity that he could get from your battery. For a running car, it's nothing. For a working battery, it's nothing to give most uh, cars. It's, it can give a boost very easily. If you say Shema twice, the word Shema twice, you have the same problem as if you're saying Maiden twice. Says the Gemara, is that so? If somebody says Shema, Shema, they keep repeating the words, says the Gemara, you're, you fulfill your obligations, it's just considered Maguna, uh, it's considered uh, strange, it's considered not uh, the most beautiful Shema, not the most beautiful Mitzvah, but you don't silence the person, they're not doing something usher, forbidden, says the Gemara, like Kasha, Adama, Milsa, Milsa, Vahanila, Adama, Psukha, 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 Vitanila. Depends how you repeat it. If it's each word, you repeat it, so then you don't silence the person. But if somebody says, Shema Yisrael, Shem Lekein, Hashem Achad, and then they repeat it again, that already appears like they're asking, from, they're, they're, they're talking to somebody else. 
All of a sudden, we want to be done with everybody, and maybe the person that had to repeat the word Shema because they didn't have the right Kavana. What are you telling me that people don't have kavana when they say Shema? Is there such a thing? If somebody is not having the proper kavana when they say Shema, we knock them over the head, we clobber them with a hammer, with a steel hammer, till they start having kavana. And there's no such thing as a person not having, uh, that you assume, maybe it happens, it's an oinus once in a while, but you don't assume automatically that somebody's repeating Shema because they didn't have the proper uh, thoughts.